It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Email the show, lothunderpod at gmail.com. Call into the show, 405-362-7128. On today's show, we're going to continue on with the NBA Draft Big Board. We got one through eight yesterday. We'll keep chipping away today. We're also going to touch on Sam Presti getting snubbed for Executive of the Year and have our second installment of Fan Friday. But speaking of Fan Friday and how fans can get involved with this show, call into that voicemail, 405-362-7128. Leave a voicemail with a question, with a comment, with a take, a fake trade, uh, what you think the Thunder should do in the draft, what they should do in the trade market, the free agency market. Leave any questions or anything on that voicemail box, and we will have a voicemail episode in the very near future. That voice line is always open, 405-362-7128. Again, Twitter at Ryland underscore styles at LO Thunderpod and then email LOThunderpod.com. So I want to start with the executive of the year. Now, is this a huge deal that Sam Presti was robbed of executive of the year? No, it's not a huge deal, but it is a small deal. In my opinion, the winner goes to Lawrence Frank, the LA Clippers uh, general manager, executive of the year. He wins in first place, gets 10 first place votes. Sam Presti only gets four. Pat Riley also received four first place votes. Uh, And then you had the Milwaukee uh, GM and Masai Ujiri rounding out the top five. So to me, it should have clearly been Sam Presti. And you go down the list of what he was able to accomplish this year. I understand the Clippers were able to pull off getting Kawhi Leonard and You can say that trading for Paul George was not only the trade for Paul George, but he traded for George and Kawhi Leonard. I understand all of that. And I understand that none of this has to do with the postseason where the Clippers flamed out and fired the coach. And this is the silver lining to me. Okay, I just want to take you back to a year ago today where we viewed a year ago today the the Chris Paul contract as unmovable, as the worst contract in sports outside of John Wall, And we all thought, you know, nationally, the national media thought that Sam Presti would need to attach picks to the Chris Paul contract to move him and to move on from him. A year later, we're sitting here saying the Thunder are going to get assets back for Chris Paul. How good are those assets going to be? I don't know. But they're going to at least get assets back for Chris Paul and to move off of his contract. That is huge. You mix in the fact that you did get a historically great 
trade package for a disgruntled star. A small market like Oklahoma City does not get historic draft capital and a building block in Shea for a disgruntled all-star. Sam Presti was able to keep that all under wraps and, and use Toronto as leverage to get more from the Clippers and in which he got back Shea historic draft capital. And if you get to sign and trade Gallo, maybe he gets back even more assets, but that's to be determined. So a lot of these moves look a lot better for Oklahoma City next year and the year after that. So maybe Sam Presti will win this award next year. Important to note, these were voted on through March 11th. You know, as of the games of March 11th, they got voted on. So none of the bubble counted, none of the postseason counted. And maybe you go back to the you know, March 11th, which the, you know the voting took, took place right before the bubble started, if you remember. That's whenever the voting took place, right before the, the seeding game started. Maybe you can make the case that, you know, you still didn't understand Chris Paul's value, but to me that's just kind of ignorance. We kind of have known Chris Paul's value for a long time. But the silver lining is Sam Presti can win this award next offseason um, because of the moves he makes with Chris Paul, because of the moves he makes with Gallo in a sign-and-trade or Dennis or whatever he does this offseason. I think that Sam Presti is going to be your executive of the year next year. And then just projecting out, I think that Pat Riley has positioned himself if he hangs around to be the executive of the year in two years after they land a big fish in free agency. But last year, you know, these executive of the year awards typically are wrong. I mean, last year uh, you saw that, that John Horst won it over Masai Ujiri, which I think was laughable. Uh, but I, I think Masai should have won it last year. And, you know, these things typically do not go the way you'd expect. And Lawrence Frank had the had the car to play of, look, I traded for Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. I got two superstars. At the time, they were regarded as all-star superstars. We remember whenever the trade went after Paul George, he was third in MVP voting. This most recent playoff scuffle, um, even though he was bad in the postseason last year, that was not held against him. It was more held against Russell Westbrook. Last year, whenever they made that trade, it still looked as though the Clippers pulled off a trade for Kawhi, a, a a guy that at that time we thought was better than LeBron James and, and the third guy in the MVP race who had injury problems in the postseason was going to bounce back. So, I mean, he has a, a good card to play, but pulling the strings Sam Presti did to leverage Toronto against LA to maximize Paul George's trade value, to get picks back for trading Russell Westbrook. And, and look at what that, what that contract's viewed as right now today getting picks back for Russell Westbrook and getting Chris Paul back, who is going to net back assets in a couple of weeks whenever we start opening up this offseason in November. It, it's it's unmatchable in my opinion. I, I contest today that the Thunder got a better trade package than the Pelicans did for, for Anthony Davis. It's a close race, I know. And a lot of it turns in. A lot of it becomes what does Shea turn into? Is he going to surpass Brennan Ingram? You got, at worst, you got on par for Anthony Davis, for just the services of Paul George, who you didn't want to keep around anyway, and you knew that this core wasn't going to work, and and you know these decisions are not made on the fly. Sam Presti kind of knew the writing was on the wall. That's why you saw Paul get moved and Russell Westbrook get moved. It's unquestionable that he pulled off. Sam Presti did a. Borderline miracle last offseason. And I had a whole episode about this before, too. It can't all be on Sam Preston because it did take Paul George playing along with it. And what I mean by that is Paul George didn't go to the media the way Anthony Davis did. He didn't go to social media. He didn't do any of that. He didn't make a show of it that he wanted out of Oklahoma City. And that kind of nukes your trade value. So credit to Paul George for not doing that. 
But Sam Presti behind the scenes was still able to leverage Toronto and pull the strings there. And to me, he should be executive of the year. And to only get four first-place votes is just laughable. He was, of course, the leader in second-place votes with six, uh, and he did get three also uh, third-place votes. So he beat out Pat Riley 41-39 to for the second spot overall, but Lawrence Frank had 61 total points. Not the way I would vote for this. I would vote for Sam Presti without being a homer or anything like that. And it's kind of par for the course that you see Donovan lose out coach of the year. You see Sam Presti lose out executive of the year. And you see Dennis Schroeder lose out sixth man of the year, which was an absolute joke in and of itself. The, the Thunder did not have a good award, award season, uh, but they did have a fantastic season. And they look to continue and build off of that in the draft. And you can build on your day right now by getting some built go. What is Built Go? Built Go helps you break through your wall, whether that's a mental or physical wall, break through with Built Go every single day. It's an easy to take a one and a half ounce packet that you can put in your briefcase, your golf bag, anything to get through that back nine or to make a very focused presentation and even put in your pocket to get through the day. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's five hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus it's natural, so it's better for your body. It's like drinking a monster energy drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. They have three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. How does Built Go work? Well, Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. And collagen protein is a fast-absorbing uh, protein that gets into your system fast, plus it's easy on your stomach. Built Go is loaded with good stuff to ignite your work. It is built with Beta Aluna B3 honey and a kick of caffeine. Built Go then kicks you and keeps you going strong. B6, B12, which is 10,000% of your daily percentage. Collagen promotes uh, joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health, which literally makes you look better. Visit BuiltGo.com, use promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 30% off your next order when you use that promo code LOCKED. That is L-O-C-K-E-D for 30% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And so we are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on Locked On Podcast Network. Your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Is that R Y L A N underscore S T I L E S? And we're going to continue Fan Friday, which we debuted last Friday. It's a new segment where you tweet at me throughout the week, some trade ideas, some questions, anything you have in mind, tweet at me at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S, and I will answer them on the show. This one comes from at uh, J, it's J-A-E-T-F-6, T-A-F-T-6. And they asked, what about Shay's cousin, which for those of you that don't know is Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and Jackson Hayes for Chris Paul, and then sign and trade Brennan Ingram. So, Let's just take the first half first. What about Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Jackson Hayes for Chris Paul? That would be a very, 
very good deal. And I'll tell you why. Not only are those prospects, too, that I'm very interested in and moving forward, I think have a ton of value. I think that Jackson Hayes can be a modern big man in the NBA. And I think that Nikhil Alexander-Walker can really shine if given the opportunity. You didn't see him get a lot of opportunity in New Orleans. But I will say this, New Orleans does not have a ton of contracts uh, that they can match with Chris Paul. And the big contracts that they do have are valuable players. So if New Orleans is one of the teams that, are, that is interested in Chris Paul, which it's said to be that, that they are one of the teams interested in Chris Paul, you're going to be getting back not only a Nikhil Alexander-Walker or a Jackson Hayes or both, you're going to be getting back a big contract that you can actually use. So this is not going to be a contract you just have to sit on. You can flip this contract. They could be valuable for your team right now. There's a lot of areas to go with the Pelicans that are enticing to Oklahoma City. Because you look up and down this Pacers cap sheet, and who would be the very worst player you would take on that can actually match Chris Paul? I mean, right now you're looking at Drew Holiday because Derek Favors is just a cap holder right now at his $26 million. He's a free agent. Drew Holiday has two years left in his deal at $25.3 million. So if you had a package of Drew Holiday, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and Jackson Hayes, that is a fantastic haul for Oklahoma City. And in fact, I think that that's too much for the Pelicans to give up. I, I don't know... Um, if that's something that the Pelicans want to do. It's a successful trade from a money standpoint, but I don't know if they'd want to give up Hayes, Holiday, and Alexander Walker because Holiday is a valuable player, and the Thunder can easily flip Holiday at the deadline for a competitive team that wants to make the postseason. I would love this trade for Oklahoma City. Without even picks being involved, I would love this trade for Oklahoma City. And especially, of course, if they threw picks in, but I don't think that that's the case. Now, for the Pelicans, I don't know why they would do this. I think that this kind of accelerates their timeline a little bit too much. Um, I don't know if they're truly involved in the Chris Paul sweepstakes. Um, I think that that would be going a little bit too fast, too soon for the Pelicans. But you never know. And I have heard from our Locked On Pelicans host that the Pelicans are interested in Chris Paul. And in fact, they were interested, the fans were at least, in Billy Donovan. So we'll see how this goes from here on out. But yes, the Pelicans, if they're interested in, and they want to rock and roll, they present one of the best trade packages that there is with Drew Holiday, with Jackson Hayes, and with Nikki Alexander-Walker. Now to address your Brandon Ingram comment. And let me start by saying I love Brandon Ingram. I love what he was able to do this, this uh, season, how he was able to transform his game. And if you know me, you know that I want the Thunder to hire Jerry Stackhouse, which probably won't happen, but Jerry Stackhouse, very close with Brandon Ingram, helped develop Brandon Ingram. Now, Moving on from that, I don't see a pathway for this to happen. I don't see a sign-and-trade in which the, the Pelicans would want to do with the Thunder and which they would want to move on from Brandon Ingram. I don't see a price range Brandon Ingram would command on the open market that would allow the Pelicans to just say, you know what, it's not worth it to us. I don't see Brandon Ingram leaving New Orleans this offseason. If he did, though, the, Pel the, the, the Thunder do have all of the assets in the world to get any trade uh, to get any trade target they want. They have 14 future first-round picks. They have Dennis Schroeder. They have Chris Paul. They have... You know, they have Gallo on a sign-and-trade option. They have a lot of different options they can throw at you. They're very versatile in this. Even removing Gallo, the 14 future first-round picks, Dennis Schroeder or Chris Paul, would, would, would kind of do it for you. You just have to mix and match and find the amount of picks that would be deemed worth it for both sides. I just don't see the, the, the Pelicans moving on from Brennan Ingram. But as far as the fit with him and Shea, I love that. I love adding Brennan Ingram to the mix of Shea, Baisley, and Dort. It would be super fun. 
it would be if this did happen, I promise you that we will spend five days. We'll spend an entire week of shows only on Brandon Ingram and they all might go over two hours. And, and I would apologize on the front end to David Locke for that, but I would be over the moon at that, that, that prospect of adding Brandon Ingram to Oklahoma city and to Shea, but I just don't see a way that it happens. I just don't. But to your first point about getting Hayes and Alexander Walker, because again, the only salary that they can really match is is uh, drew uh, holiday. Gosh, that's a good trade. I mean, that is a really, really good trade. I, I would love to see that happen in Oklahoma City. But we also have to move on to the NBA Draft Big Board. We only got through eight names yesterday. We'll continue down the list today. We left off at number eight, Terrell Terry. We go now today to number nine on the NBA Draft Big Board. Quick review. Number one was Anthony Edwards. Number two is Killian Hayes. Number three is the center from USC, Big O. Number four is LaMelo Ball. Number five, Therese Halliburton. Number six is Denny. Number seven is James Wiseman. Number eight is Terrell Terry. Number nine is Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin is an incredible athlete. He is a phenomenal athletic beast. I mean, he can do anything he wants at getting to the rim and, and getting the ball in the hoop in the interior. I love the way he scores at will at the rim. He can blow by defenders. He can go through defenders. He can finish through contact. He can do a lot on that interior. What I worry about with Obi Toppin is can he ever develop the want to shoot the basketball? He's 22 years old. He is 6'9 with a 6'11 wingspan. He has a capable three-point shot, I would say. A capable three-point shot from three-point range in the NBA. But he doesn't really look for it. He doesn't really want to shoot the three-point ball, even though he can. Will he be able to take more attempts at the NBA level? Will he feel comfortable shooting because he's a good three-point shooter? All things considered, at his size and at his position, he's a good three-point shooter, but he has to be comfortable in that three-point shooting role. He can handle the ball very well. Again, he can attack the rim at will. He can finish at the rim. He can go through contact. He can alter a shot. He can do everything you want in the interior. And I'm not questioning his ability to make threes. I think that he can make threes at the NBA level and have a respectable three-point shot, which helps him get to the rim because you have to respect him and you have to guard him and put pressure on him at that three-point line. Therefore, he then has the step on you to get to the rim and get around you. You can't sag off of him. But will he feel comfortable shooting it? That's my big thing. I don't think he's that good of a defender whenever you get him isolated and you kind of pick him apart in the pick-and-roll game. I don't think he's that good of a defender when you're trying to play a zone or trying to switch. I don't think that he understands where he needs to go whenever he's playing that that help-side defense, whenever he's trying to move and rotate and shift around defensively. But in a one-on-one setting where whenever someone's driving at him, he can be a threat defensively, and he is a threat defensively whenever someone's driving into the paint. The problem is, at the NBA level, the, the offenses get way more complex. And you're seeing more ball movement. You're seeing more... You're seeing more at the at the NBA level. Yes, there are still teams who play your turn, my turn. The Thunder are one for a long time. The Rockets are one right now. There are still teams like that to where you're not going to get as exposed, but almost every team is able to run the pick and roll and able to exploit defenders who cannot handle the pick and roll. And Obi Toppin is one of those players who cannot handle the pick and roll. But Obi Toppin, Obi Toppin is Sam Presti's dream with a jump shot. Think of every quality you've ever heard from Sam Presti. Everything you've ever heard that Sam Presti values, an athletic guy, a long athletic guy, 
a defensive-minded guy. Because he does try hard defensively. He has some flaws defensively. He tries really hard. And again, he can block shots. A guy that can just get to the rim at will. Values the two-point shot. Values finishing at the rim. And now extend that jump shot to him. And look, the, the main thing is he does try defensively. And a lot of those issues, the pick and roll, learning how to defend the pick and roll, learning uh, how, when to rotate on defense, learning when to switch, learning when to do all these things, that comes with your defensive system. The one thing you can't coach is effort. He does give effort defensively. It's just doing the wrong things. It's a bit concerning, though, for a 22-year-old to still be doing the wrong things. But you put him with a capable NBA coaching staff at, at, the, at the defensive end of the floor, I think you can improve in that. I mean, he's so athletic he can do it. I think that there's a lot to like about Obi Toppin, and it might be a surprise that he cracks my, my top 10 number nine, but he's a really good player. He really is. And I, I just love what he can bring to the table. So I have Obi Toppin at number nine, the Dayton Flyer, who never got to take those Dayton Flyers this year to the tournament because this year they were a heck of a team. They were having a good run before the coronavirus shut down. NCAA. Coming up, we will continue out to top 10 and talk more about the NBA draft after this on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-A-S. We're going to continue this NBA Draft Big Board discussion. We're going to take this into next week. And then next week, we're also going to have the NBA Mock Draft uh, shows it'll be a couple shows a week next week you be a mock draft and then hopefully again Sam Presti finally hires his next head coach and so we round up the top 10 with number 10 and I have number 10 as Isaiah Kokoro the Auburn wing he is 19 years old he stands 6'6 six, 6'9 six, six, wingspan he is a great playmaker he can finish inside he is a fantastic defender and again the playmaking is good for him as well especially whenever you look at the wing he can truly be another guard for you on the floor uh, in terms of ball handling and setting teammates up and, and facilitating. If you want a high ball movement system, Isaac can really help you out there. And his defense is what really will intrigue a lot of a lot of teams. His defense is off the charts phenomenal. And that's kind of the biggest thing for me is his defense. I think he's a good decision maker. He has high basketball IQ. He's smart. He can play, make, and facilitate. He can finish at the rim. But his defense is his best trait, in my opinion. His interior scoring and getting to the rim would be his second best trait. And anytime that is what your game is predicated on uh, in college, and it's not necessarily predicated on jump shots and getting to the rim, but you have consistency issues with your jump shot, and you have issues nailing jump shots, I worry about that. Because I do worry, how does the leap from the college ranks to the NBA affect players' ability to drive to the rim? Are you going to be able to score at the will, at will, at the rim, at the NBA level, the same way you were in college? And if that gets shut down for you, you're only left with playmaking on that end for Isaac. But he is a phenomenal defender. He might be the best defender in this class. I think that he's very versatile. I think he can do it on the ball, off the ball. He, he can switch. He can stay home. He can defend the pick and roll. I have a lot of high praise for him defensively. I think he's probably going to be the, the best defender out of this draft. And 
if we, as we all know, Sam Presti loves him some defenders, but of course, you know, being in the top 10 is going to too high for the Thunder picking at 25. But although they do have the, the assets to trade up anytime they want to, to any position they want to really and, and trade up and get their guy. But if he could fall to the twenties, this is a typical, to me, this is a typical Sam Presti player, phenomenal defender, terrible free throw shooter, doesn't look to be able to improve from beyond the arc. And so he's not a very good three point shooter shot under 30% in college. To me, it, this screams Sam Presti, but obviously you will not get that selection in the top 10, but he's still a very good player. And, and this might give you a peek behind the curtain at what the rest of this draft has to offer because now we're getting down to specialization guys, guys who specialize in one certain area. For Isaac, it's playmaking and, and defense, but of course the specialty there is defense. He at least has two traits that I really like. Most of the rest of these guys only have one trait that I really like moving forward. But Isaac's defense can keep him in the league for a long time. His playmaking and ability to keep the ball moving and not be a ball stopper can keep him in the league for a long time. What won't be able to keep him in the league for a long time is the poorest shooting where he's just a non-factor offensively to where whenever you're on the offensive end, you get the Andre treatment. You're, you're going to be hacked and go to the line, can't make free throws, and you're going to clog up the paint and hurt the rest of your teammates. So we'll see how his career pans out. That's the big red flag for me, but it's still good enough to crack my top 10 at number 10. So we can continue this discussion with the NBA Big Board on Monday's show. This is Locked on Thunder, the only podcast that happens Monday through Friday about your Oklahoma City Thunder. I am Ryland Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Follow the show on Twitter at L-O Thunderpod. Do not forget, call into the show 405-362-7128. Leave all of your questions, opinions, and takes as we get set for another voicemail episode in the near future. We'll talk to you on Monday. Be good and be good to one another. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.